that was quite sudden. I try to let it play out, you know. I'm I'm very polite. I do what I can. But you know, sometimes the robot it just betrays you. It shuts off, no warning, just boom, done. And you you think, okay, moron, why don't you just go ahead and watch the clock? Well guess what? It doesn't happen at exactly the the perfect second. It's uh, it's unanticipatable. This is WCBN-FM Ann Arbor 88.3, your student-run radio station. This is Welcome to Tuesday. Welcome. I'm so glad you've made it to this, the second day of your week. I couldn't be more delighted to have you here. We're going to start off with the top 40, top 5 is what I used to say. We're not going to do it this week. We tried. I came in especially early, and you won't believe this. I looked. What You want to know what the top 40, top 5 for this week would have been? For those of you who are just tuning in and have no idea what's going on, and for some reason haven't shut me off immediately, and you're, you're interested in the rant of some night DJ, here's the situation. Each week, I'd play for you the top 40 pop hits as if it were this week in 1983. It's a little throwback, fun little gig, okay? I, I did it on my show, all right? But now, you know, it's just so much harder to do when I can't just play anything I want off the internet. And, you know, it's it's fair. It's a fair complaint, but I do want to share with you what it would have been for this week and what I couldn't find here at WCBN's library. And you're just going to go ahead and chill with me for a second. So coming in at number five, One Thing Leads to Another by The Fix. Now, we do, in fact, have one one CD by The Fix. It's one of their later albums, uh, according to uh, an old DJ's notes on the front cover. It's not as good as their earlier hits. It does not have the song One Thing Leads to Another, unfortunately. And it's the only thing by Fix I could find um, in CDs or records. Coming in at number four by Spandau Ballet. True, I have no idea what this is. We have nothing by Spandau Ballet. I suspect this is from... As was popular in the 80s at this time, some movie came out, and this was fantastic. I didn't play it before I came here. Maybe we'd recognize it. Conan, I I suspect somewhere we do have Lionel Richie. I didn't check the CDs, um, but All Night Long by Lionel Richie was your number three. And what's been dominating the charts for weeks and weeks and weeks at this point is your number two. It's starting to fall off a bit. Total Eclipse of the Heart by Bonnie Tyler. Uh, I have no idea. What album would that be on, I wonder? We don't have anything by Bonnie Tyler I suspect it's got to be on some compilation. I hope to be able to find it. And then your number one this week would have been Islands in the Stream by Kenny Rogers with Dolly Parton. Couldn't find that either. I guess I only looked for Dolly Parton stuff and not that hard, though. So that, that's uh, that one's more tentative. I think with some digging, we'll be able to get there. In any case, what am I bringing you? I'm bringing you something that was on the uh, would have would have been on here for the past few weeks had I been trying to do this. That would have been the police's not Every Breath You Take, which was number one earlier in the summer, uh, popping in uh, and topping out the charts here at seven um, is King of Pain. It's off of 1983's Synchronicity. Let's take a listen. You've been listening to me for minutes. Flagpole rack 
Oh, man. King of Pain has a little dip in the middle, you know? Like, November Rain has a little dip in the middle. That's another example of one of those songs. Okay, that's pretty interesting. Moving right along, what does WCBN have? Well, I pulled out some artists I've come to like over the years of doing this show. And uh, we're just going to listen to mostly random songs from them. So coming up, number one, this one's a little bit more... uh, um, curated for you this is deeper than love by colleen green i think it's very good after that we're gonna hear one by carolyn rose pretty much at random because i just like almost everything she does and then halcyon oh okay no it's off of the album halcyon days the artist is deer hunter the song he would have laughed these three coming up in that order right now
point of fact, that was Earthquake by Deer Hunter, and that's off Halcyon Digest. I might have said Halcyon Days earlier, but it, the album is certainly Halcyon Digest. That's from 2010. Before that, Nothing's Impossible by Carolyn Rose and Deeper Than Love by Colleen Green. We're just going to keep them coming. Uh, just bands and songs that I know while I continue to look for random stuff. Though I'll, I'll say this, we're, I'm finding some real interesting items here in the collections. Uh, just a minute ago I found something called Rat Music for Rat People. And uh, boy am I excited to dig in whatever that means. That sounds weird. Coming up next, uh, Decemberist. This is an album I don't know. Castaways and Cutouts. We're going to hear the first one from that. We're going to hear one from Angel Olsen. And how about Jenny Lewis after that? These three coming up. But before I go, why not? If you want to hear something, just call me, okay? That's all you got to do. You can call me, and I'll try to play it if I can find it. That's basically the only promise I can give you. 734-763-3500. Or if you don't want to, send a message to radio at wcbn.org. Okay, here are the Decemberists.
My name is Leslie Ann Levine And I got no one left to mourn for me My body lies inside its grave In a ditch not far away Fifteen years gone now I still Surely I would not find it again How I was wrong, it is as faithful as sin This feeling that I belong to something in some way Till the end And I am making an effort to stay With you here, it has been easy to say That I could never lose sight of what my heart truly is But the moment you step away I am forced to look in and face All the things that I've ever been without you It is true at times one can see I am strong I am not at home Yet I know where I belong I am silence now But I am always song Can you hear me? This time last year I'd be dead It's quite strange the thoughts that pop into your head When you're busy smiling Surrounded by your closest of friends It is impossible to escape the sound Of the dark that is following around but I just go for a walk in my mind And the light can be found And the moment I step away You are forced to look in and face All the things that 
that you've ever been without me It is true at times one can see you are strong You are not at home, yet you know where you belong You are silence now, but you are always on I can hear you ooh, 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 ooh,
I'm Greg Peterson of the Peterson Farm Brothers. If you've seen our videos, you know we're proud to be farmers. Farming can be dangerous. Never assume location or depth of underground utilities or pipelines. Before you start any work on your farm, call 811 or visit clickbeforeyoudig.com to have underground lines located. It only takes a minute and can save your life. Never assume the location or depth of underground lines. Always call 811 or visit clickbeforeyoudig.com before you start work. A message from the Pipeline Operators for Ag Safety Campaign. Okay, where are we? We just heard The Voyager by Jenny Lewis. It's the eponymous song from that album. You Are Song by Angel Olsen before that, and Leslie Ann Levine by The Decemberists. We're moving right on to Lucy Dacus. We're going to hear a track from her, The Shell. We're going to hear the last track from Metric's album, The Art of Doubt, and one from Fleet Foxes. Oh, 
be a creator doesn't mean you got nothing to say. Put down the pen, don't let it force your hand. You don't wanna be a leader. Doesn't mean you don't know the way. Hold your own hand, walk on without.
was Fleet Foxes with Blue Ridge Mountains. Before that, No Lights on the Horizon by Metric and The Shell by Lucy Dacus. Dacus? I have no idea. I'm bad with names. Couldn't possibly tell you. Coming up next, U.S. Girls. We're going to hear Velvet for Sale. We're going to hear Heartbeat by Annie. And that probably takes us to the top of the hour, so I'll check in then.
This is WCBN FM Ann Arbor 88.3, your student run radio station. Let's get a little background in there, just a, just a titch, you know? Okay. Welcome to Tuesday. I'm certainly glad you're joining me there in the central time zone. And if you've been with me for the last hour, we're, we're switching things up, okay? We're, we're pulling things off the shelves, specifically uh, collection records. Most of them say they're 80s themed. I don't know. I mean, it's a claim you can make, undeniably, you know? Uh, let's see. Up first, volume three of Rat Music for Rat People. We got a cover of Ballroom Blitz by D.I. Let's jump in. Frankly, I didn't expect the uh, punk rock protest aspect, but I was there for it. All right, up next we have uh, Invocation to Papa Legba. Legba, Legba, I don't know. It's by Debbie Harry. I'm willing to give her the benefit of the doubt. It's on a random collection I found 
Uh, I have no idea how this is going to go. Didn't preview it at all.
Okay, well, undeniably, that was pretty interesting. Uh, not what I expected at all, but I, I was there for it. Okay, up next, we uh, this is just a random collection. Uh, it's very poorly labeled. It maybe says Roar Corporation. Like four, four, three R's in that word, Roar. That's, that's a lot, R-O-R-R. Roar compilation. No idea. Maybe it's a publisher I don't recognize that one has to assume. O-R-O-I-R. This person's just horrible at writing. I understand. Anyway, uh, what pulled me into this uh, label from, you know, ancient WCBN DJ from long, long ago, pulling their wisdom, they say this is these songs which are otherwise nearly impossible to find. What pulled me in here was a song by the Raincoats. They do a great cover of Lola. And let's just check it out, okay? Uh... 
Okay, I was I was pretty skeptical uh, initially, but it, it really grew on me. Okay, that was No One's Little Girl by The Raincoats. Up next, we have a live performance of something by The Pretenders. Let's listen and find out.
Um, pretty good. I actually really enjoyed that live version. That was Money by the Pretenders. Up next, we're, we're once again going to call upon, call upon the wisdom of the great, wise, pre-internet WCBN DJ who is labeled on the same thing that we heard that Debbie Harry uh, invo- invocation, invocation to Papa Legba. Uh, we have something by Karen Finley. And this is apparently uh, quite obscure. So, all right, fine, okay. You know what I hate? I hate convenience. I hate anything that's open 24 hours. I don't want to have to be able to buy things all day and night long. I hate white hand pantries. I hate convenient markets, and I go into that convenient market, and I see that chick behind the counter, and she's dressed to kill, and she's just a checkout chick. And I go there, and I go underneath her legs, as she is working out those objects as she's checking out those people. And I ever walk all over my bare, bare back till she makes me black and blue. And then when she's finished, I take that blonde-haired chick that looks like some burnt-out blonde-haired fussy chick and I throw her against the Slurpee machine. And then after I throw her against the Slurpee machine, I make her wear a wet t-shirt that says Spud McKenzie on it. And then I make her get on all fours. And then I look down to her and I say, act like a fucking party animal now, bitch! Act like a fucking party animal now! And I look down at her and I say, why do you wear that makeup like that? Why do you wear that aerobics clothes? Why do you dress like that? Your life is boring. Your life is meaningless, sister. And she just says to me, how can I make my life more meaningful? How can I make my life more meaningful? And I say like this, baby, and I'll pick her up. I'll pick her up by uh, her ankles. Yeah, I'll pick her up by her ankles. And I'll take her head and I'll put it into that ammonia silver suds. And I'll wash the entire floor with her head. Ooh, because she's good for nothing else. Ooh, and I'm washing the entire floor with her. And I fuck her while I'm mopping that floor, baby, because I come from the city with big shoulders. And I love to do two jobs at once. Ooh, and then I just keep on mopping that floor with her. But I just drop her when I get to the dairy case because it's those dairy cases. It's those damn goddamn dairy cases because those dairy cases are bigger than most New York apartments. Oh, and then I look and see what's inside those dairy cases. It's that culprit. It's that devil. It's the reason why my country is over with. Kennedy would never get us away with this. It's that hogging lodge. It's that fruking lodge. It's that Ben and Jerry Garcia bullshit 1899 and ounce ice cream crap. And I take that ice cream and I open up the lid and I piss in them, baby. Oh, I jerk off in them. I go into little kids' butts and I take out their little turds and I put it in that chocolate macadamia $25 a pint, baby. Oh, and then 
and I just throw that ice cream back in there, and I go and I stake out to the video rental counter, the temple of our culture, and I just wait for all of you guys coming in your Camaros, coming home from your jobs, your Cherokee cheeps. Oh, you don't care what you do, just as long as you get that 99 cents tape of Rambo, the color of money. Oh, and I just wait for you to get your tape. You're gonna go home, and then you go and you buy a quarter of me, baby. You go and you buy my ice cream. Yeah, I get my revenge. I get my revenge. I get my revenge. Uh, that was unhinged. You'd have to concede. My goodness gracious. Who saw that coming? I thought it was going to be a song. First of all, I have no idea who Karen Finley is. Uh, I mean, things seem like they were probably just horrifying in the 80s. What can, what can I say? I couldn't possibly say anything else in response to that. Uh, last thing we'll listen to before we transition to something else. I found uh, a copy that, you know, it claims to be running up that hill by Kate Bush. We'll see if it is.
Well, that was fantastic, as you'd expect. That was Running Up That Hill by Kate Bush. We're going to move on to about 30 minutes of a radio drama. This is the Foundation Trilogy. We're on Episode 6 of the BBC Radiophonics Workshop's radio dramatization of Isaac Asimov's The Foundation Trilogy. Let's dive right in. Foundation. Foundation and Empire. Second Foundation. Author, Isaac Asimov. Part number six. Part title, Flight from the Mule. Encyclopedia Galactica, 116th edition. Entry, Terminus, subscript. The invasion forces of the mule encountered no opposition when they poured down onto the landing fields of the capital. The proclamation of occupation was made 24 hours after the appearance of Hardy Selden before the former mighty rulers of the Foundation. Now only the planets of the independent traders stood firm, and it was against them that the power of the mule now turned itself. Whatever for? Oh, I just felt I couldn't bear it any longer at the factory. Torrin, morale just doesn't exist anymore. The girls are breaking down crying, and those who don't mm. cry complain, and for the last few days there have been two or three saying we ought to make peace with the mule. What, surrender? They say Terminus surrendered, and it seems to be all right for everybody except the mayor. Everything's back to normal. <laughs> normal? I know. Anyway, I wanted to see if the situation's any better on the rest of Haven, so I went to the Bureau of Production and asked a few questions. Just as bad. All over Haven. Falling production, increasing absenteeism, and a growing feeling that it isn't worth fighting anymore. Even some sabotage. Really? The chief statistician I talked to didn't seem to care much either. Just shrugged and said it was beyond him. You know what all this reminds me of? No. It seems as if all these people have that same awful feeling of frustration I had in the time vault when Selden seemed so irrelevant. Yes. You felt it too, didn't you? I still do. If I don't resist it. And it gets harder to resist. Like a voice inside your head. Mm. Like your own private voice. It's pointless to resist the new over and over. My lady? Mm. Ah, you're bad. I'll bring you some food. Oh, thank you, Magnifico. Good to see someone who's not depressed. Anyway, it may not be quite as bleak as it seems. Mies is meeting father tonight. I think they may be working out some kind of resistance. I hope so. Oh, I'm so tired. There you are, my lady. Now rest your feet. Lie back. Don't worry. Professor Meese and, and Commander Francois will come up with something. Have confidence in them, my lady. 
I have. That's what none of us do have, Magnifico. Confidence. Don't you sleep anymore? Uh, hardly. Uh, I seem to like the night more than the day just lately. Uh, I feel better because I know people aren't looking at me, hoping they'll see some confidence in me that isn't in them anymore. Mm. Do you feel it too, this miserable feeling of inevitable defeat? Oh, everybody feels it. What can you expect? A whole culture has been brought up on the firm, blind belief that a folk hero of the past has planned everything for us, taken care of everything for us. Oh, it's quite like the old-time religious beliefs, and you know what that means. People's characters have been affected, even formed, by faith in Selden. They can't change their characters, their personality. But they can't avoid seeing that Selden is no longer watching over us. Uh. So... You get hysteria, a morbid sense of insecurity, depression, even insanity. Well, you know the suicide rate is soaring all over Haven. I know. As if we'd been leaning on Selden, and now without something to lean on, we can't stand up straight because our muscles are atrophy. Yeah, that's it. Atrophy. Well, how about you, Mies? What about your muscles? <laughs> A lot weaker, rustier than I'd imagined, but not atrophied. Now, the pursuit of my profession has resulted in just a little independent thinking. Do you see any way out? No, but there has to be one. Selden's projection... Look, Selden failed to guarantee us against the mule, Fran, but he didn't guarantee defeat either. Selden's just out of the game now. We're on our own, and the mule can be beaten. How... Oh. By attacking in strength, where he's weak. Where is he weak? Well, that I don't know yet. But he must have a weakness. Yeah. Look, friend, the mule is not a superman. He is a mutant. Well, a mutant doesn't mean superman, usually the opposite. Look, every year, throughout the galaxy, there are several million mutants born. In the vast majority of cases, their mutation is imperceptible. The rest, whose mutation is obvious, almost all are defective in some way. Freaks, if you like. It's an absolutely minute number who have any advantageous mutation. It doesn't matter how minute the number is. If the mule is one of them, one is enough. All right. Let's suppose he does have some attribute, probably a mental attribute, which can be used to his advantage, even to the extent of conquering other people, even other worlds. All right. Maybe he can see in another dimension. Maybe he can read other people's thoughts. All right. It's almost certain that he'll have some corresponding deficiency, balancing his extra ability. <laughs> I don't know why, but nature seems to work like that. And if he didn't have some serious fault or weakness, he wouldn't be such a recluse, so frightened of showing himself. <sighs> In that case, we've got to keep working on the mule's clown. Mm, it's useless. I'm beginning to think he may have been brainwashed, specially, so the mule could use him as a pretext for that first attack on the foundation. 
Either that or he is naturally simple-minded, or both. Anyway, it means I must work at what facts I have. There are some strange anomalies there. Such as? The mule smashed the foundation treats almost at will, right? Mm. There were desertion, surrenders, finally a complete breakdown of the will to resist. Now, the fleets protecting Haven and the other enclaves are much weaker than the Foundation forces were, yet there'd be no desertions and no retreats. Only the mule's first use of the extinguishing field against the atomic defences of Neymar, only that, really worked for him. He's never used it successfully against any trader planet since then. And yet against the Foundation forces, it worked again and again. Now, why? It just seems illogical. But it can't be illogical. There must be some factors we're just not aware of. Treachery? No. No, friend. look how easily he took Terminus itself. And yet there wasn't a man on that planet who wasn't certain of victory because of the Selden plan. Who would betray a side that was certain to win? Yes, but now we're certain to lose. If the mule had a thousand weaknesses, I still can't see look, any Frank, way that we can... Do you think Haven can resist the mule? Yes, we can. We can, but I don't think we will. I'm pretty sure that before long, I'm going to be the only one left on the governing council who doesn't want to surrender. Mm. That's why I asked to see you, Reese. I want you to leave Haven while there's still time. Fran, you are the Foundation's greatest psychologist. You're our only chance of defeating the mule. You can't hope to do that from Haven. Well, I think that you should go to what's left of the Empire. To Trantor? Yes, to Trantor. The Imperial Library is still there. And I think that there there just might be something in that library, some knowledge, some technique that might help you to break through Magnifico's empty memory. But Magnifico would never go without Beta, and Beta wouldn't go without Torrin. I've arranged a ship that'll take you all. Ah. Will you agree to go? Yes, but, frankly, as I said, I think Magnifico's memory is a dead end, a permanent vacuum. Maybe, maybe. But there is another reason for going to Trantor. Hmm? It's where Selden lived and worked, where he planned the foundations, both of them. There is another foundation at the other end of the galaxy, if the myths are true. Now, the library might contain some evidence, some clue as to where it is. That's the most important part of the mission. Selden might not be of any use anymore, but we could still get help from this second foundation if we could find it. It's our only chance. You must find the second foundation. Now, Captain of Liberation Movement. 
Sit down. There. What's the plaster for? You, if you're not who you say you are. Or who you think you are. Who are you? My name is Oram Pally. I gave the coat. I know. You are Han Pritcher. The question is, are you still you? The what? Sit down. Thank you. You remember Levar of Group 3? Of course. He led the attack on the armaments factory. He's with the mule. What? Together with Gare, Knopf, and Walig. So why not Pritchard? What does it matter? If they have Knopf, they have my name. So it's really you who are in new danger, not me. If you have no organization here, where can I find one? The Foundation may have surrendered, but I have... Sit down, Pritchard. Look... You can't wander forever. Men at the Foundation need travel permits to move around nowadays, you know that? And identity cards, do you have one? And all the officers of the old Navy have been ordered to the nearest occupation headquarters. Have you obeyed that order? No, look, I'm not running through fear. I was in Calcutta not long after it fell to the mule. Within a month, not one of its officers was at large, because they were the natural leaders of any revolt. We know that no revolution could be successful without the control of a good part of the fleet. And evidently the mule knows it, too. Anyway, I threw out my uniform and grew this beard. I hope perhaps some of the others have done the same. We can meet and act. Do you want my advice? If you have any. I don't know what the mule is up to. But until now, he hasn't harmed the schooled workers. Pay rates of sword and the production of atomic weapons is growing every day. So the mule is going to continue his offensive. Perhaps. Maybe he's just soothing the workers into submission. <laughs> if Selden couldn't work out the mule with psychohistory, I'm sure I can't. Now, you're wearing work clothes, right? But I'm not a skilled worker. But you have a grounding in atomics. Yes. Well, that's all you'll need. You go to the nearest atomic field equipment plant and tell them you have experience. They won't ask questions. They need all the workers they can get to help with the profit. They'll give you an identity card and workers' accommodation. With that, you will not be questioned. And you can wait until the opportunity for action occurs. Well? All right, Pally, I'll do it. But remember, I'm not a worker, I'm a soldier. And I won't wait forever. I've wasted in that factory and I could have been doing something. What? Look, I'll tell you. Sit down, preacher. No. You've been in that factory, not wasted for three months. Time enough to be ready to do a bit of private work. What? Private work? I want you to make a bomb. A very small atomic bomb with time control that can be held under the tongue, right? Under the... <laughs> <laughs> Whose head are you going to blow off? Yours. We've located the mule. He's in the ex-mayor's palace. Now, you've been there and know the layout. In fact, you've been in the mayor's private office. Yeah. Pritchard, this is our only chance. The mule has upset Selden's plan. One man, one mutant, has upset all Selden's psychohistory. If he had never lived, the foundation would never have fallen. If he ceased to live, it would not remain fallen. Pritchard, the mule must be destroyed. 
Do come in. And you really ought to spit out that foolish parrot. It will make it so much easier to talk. It has been neutralized. Hmm. Now do sit down, Captain. So you are the mule. The mule? Me? Oh, dear, no. Oh. Oh, no. I am just a humble servant, officially known as a viceroy. How did you know I was here? We know everything, Captain Pritchard. You know who I am? Oh, indeed we do. The mule's been looking forward to meeting the man who stole his crown. He rather admires you. <laughs> Unfortunately, he's absent at the moment, leading the fight against the independent traders, but that shouldn't take long. Hmm? And he will be pleased to hear of your arrival. I do hope your conversion won't be difficult. My conversion? Yes, the mule. <laughs> You won't convert me. No, no, I won't. The mule will, if you don't volunteer of your own free will, that is. Either way, you'll soon be back in active service again, out in space. And not as humble captain either. You will be General Han Pritcher of the Galactic Army of the Mule. The mule will not convert me. But why not? Don't you see, all he's doing is speeding up the Selden plan. He is the fulfillment of the plan, just a little earlier than Selden calculated. Instead of having to wait for another 700 years before the dawn of a new empire, the mule is doing it now. Just imagine, Richard, one great unified galaxy, galactic peace and prosperity forevermore. Oh, yes, only a fool could fail to be converted to such a worthwhile cause. Oh, take me, for instance. I was a stubborn fool before. I was independent, yes, what's called free, but not satisfied. Never satisfied. Now, I'm a perfectly contented man, a servant of the mule. You don't recognize me, do you? Should I? You should, really. I know I look different without all the armor and the jewels, but we have met a couple of years ago. On Calgon. Warlord of Calgon? That was me. I was a loud-mouthed provincial warlord, and you were an underpaid, undervalued intelligence officer. And now I am a loyal viceroy of the mule, and soon you'll be the same. 
A loyal general, a contented man. Oh, Captain Fritcher, I tell you, we are very fortunate men. I'm getting something on the headset. Switch in the main system, will it? In what channel? Green 11. Have a special announcement. By order of our master, the mule, lord of the galaxy, it is announced that at 07 today, the planet Haven, previously in futile opposition to the mule's will, finally submitted to our lord and master. The surrender was unconditional, and apart from a few isolated and suicidal groups, it was warmly welcomed by the general public. All the citizens of Haven are now freed from their ignorant provincial overlords, free to be the servants of the Mule and citizens of his galactic empire. Praise to the Mule, citizens. Praise to the Mule. I'm sorry, Tom. I'm truly sorry. It lasted longer than the Foundation did, anyway. I'm sorry, Peter. Sorry. My lady, Professor. Yes, what is it? The scanner screen, Professor. Hmm? The rear view has picked up an object. Come and see. Uh, see? There. What is it? Oh, it's a single spaceship. Bigger than we are. Gaining on us, too. And we're at maximum speed. Yeah. Well, let them come alongside. There's no point in making them suspicious. Uh, slow everything down. They'll be here in <laughs> seconds, the rate they're traveling. This is Patrol Ship 7 of the Felian world. Here on the space territory of Felia. Identify yourselves immediately. Aware from the periphery, just on a... Trantor sector. Purpose of voyage. Oh, just a pleasure trip. Mm. Open your main hatch. I'm coming aboard. Thank you. How many crew have you? Just the four of us. Yeah. Travel documents? Well, we have none. So you have no permit to cross Philian space? We never intended to come anywhere near Philian. You have a qualified navigator. Yes, but no charts. I see. Well, that's an offence, of course. Who is your navigator? I am. Come with me, please. Where to? To my ship. I can give you a travel permit there. Fifty credits. And a good chart, too. A hundred credits. And, of course, you'll have to pay a fine for division navigation resulting in trespass. hundred credits. Mm. Come on, it'll only take a minute or so. And that man, too. Me? Why me? We've had reports of piracy in this area. Your appearance is similar to one of the descriptions of a man wanted for questioning. I shall have to check you through our computer memory. My lady. Go with him, Magnifico. Everybody knows you're not a pirate, so you've got nothing to be frightened of. They'll be back within minutes, then you can continue your voyage. Oh, thank goodness that's over here. Uh, what happened, Torrance? Just what he said. 
I bought a 50 credit visa, paid 100 credit fine, and he sold me a chart of the whole sector. They're hmm. still following us, keeping at a distance. Yeah. Magnifico, what happened to you? Oh, no, nothing, Professor. They made me stand in front of a screen for a moment, but that was all. I know one thing. That wasn't the Thelian ship. It was a foundation ship with a foundation crew. Foundation? Yes, the mule is following us. It's impossible. It's a foundation ship, all right. The panels, the engine turn, all the equipment was foundation designed. But then, why didn't they just blast us? Yes. Why let us go? Uh, Professor, yes? if I might, I wasn't going to say anything for fear of seeming foolish, but as we were leaving, I saw a man watching us from the control room. I think he was the commander. Our escort from here bowed to him, and... I think it was the man who arranged our escape from Kalgan. Han Pritchard. Pritchard. But he stayed to fight the mule. Yes, my lady. But the mule has ways of changing a man's mind. I may have been mistaken, of course. Uh, Torren, are they still behind us? Yeah. At a distance, but still following. Right. Now do everything you can to lose them. Right. The mule is looking for the same thing we're looking for, the second foundation. And he's hoping we'll lead him to it. So lose them, Torren, now. Encyclopedia Galactica, 116th edition. Entry, Neil Trantor. Situation. Two parsecs from the crumbling ruins of Trantor, the old galactic center of power. During the century after the sack of Trantor, it became the seat of the last dynasty of the First Empire. It was a shadow world and a shadow empire, and its existence is only of legalistic importance. That seems like a pretty natural stopping point to me. So we're going to go ahead and wrap it up right there. This has been Welcome to Tuesday here on WCBN FM Ann Arbor 88.3, your student-run radio station. Have a lovely Tuesday and a lovely rest of your week.
that set was started with Dobie Gray's Drift Away, and then They Might Be Giants covered Brian Wilson performing Caroline No. Next, we heard the Ronettes with Be My Baby and a Brian Wilson song inspired by that one, Don't Worry Baby. Thanks this week to Rachel for suggesting we do a show on Brian Wilson. Thank you also to our contributor, Chris McNamara, and of course, all of the great artists we've played this week. Brian Wilson was a part of leading everything happening in the renaissance of popular music taking place in the mid to late 60s. Most conversations about that era lead with the Beatles, who are staggeringly important, of course, but they were often being led down that path by competition with Brian Wilson. It's tragic when he and the Beach Boys are dismissed as just surf rock. Like the Beatles, they started out with one fairly simple but wonderful thing, and then where most bands would never extend beyond that niche, the Beach Boys, like the Beatles, evolved and became much more. Their music became more sophisticated, deepening both thematically and musically. It didn't just become revolutionary, it was the revolution. The Beatles did this with five people, I'm including producer George Martin in there, but for the Beach Boys, it's nearly all credible to one person, Brian Wilson. Without what he has created, the music landscape as we know it today would not only be altered, it would be unrecognizable. Where would we be without Brian Wilson? God only knows. I may not always love you, but long as there are stars above you, you never need to doubt it. I'll make you so sure about it. God only knows what I'd be without you. If you should ever leave me, though life would still go on, believe me, the world could show nothing to me. So what good would living do me? God only knows what I'd be without you. God only knows what I'd be without God only knows what I'd be The very first book of the Bible is creation. And so the most divine act, apparently, is creation. Yeah. So art, literature, music, film, the act of being creative is, is a divine calling and should be treated that way. Absolutely. That's how we look at it. Yeah. Well, we're glad to hear uh, artists like yourself articulate that. So. Oh, thank you, my dear. <laughs> <laughs> this is Genesis... Mariah Purich. And you're listening to WCBN-FM, Ann Arbor. Say 